Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. What a good morning. All right, it's beautiful. I mean, with the sunrise in the background and just to know that the Lord rose early on that Sunday morning. Do you guys know why we gather as a church on Sunday morning? It's because this is the day the Lord rose. Before this, the Jews traditionally would celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday, the last day of the week. But traditionally, what happened was when Jesus rose from the dead, the day of worship was shifted from Saturday to Sunday. We worship today because he rose on this day. This is the resurrection day. And this is the day out of the year that we specifically celebrate the resurrection. So I have a question I want to start out with here on the steps of this church this morning. What does it mean to believe God? The resurrection is going to encapsulate why we believe God the way we do as Christians. It means to trust God and to trust that what he says is true. If you come to the 11 a.m. service, you're going to hear a sermon that's different than this sermon. So you guys are in for a little bit of a treat, okay? That's right. That means I, I wrote two sermons, by the way, for Easter Sunday, just to let you guys know, okay? But if you come to the 11 a.m. service, you're going to hear the gospel account of the resurrection. But this morning, I wanted to focus on two passages, one found in Romans chapter 4 and the other found in John chapter 11. For the first passage, I wanted to go over Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 25. And I want you guys to see how valuable the resurrection is to our salvation. So Romans chapter 4, verse 18 says this, Against all hope, speaking about Abraham, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, Abraham was promised something. He was promised that if he went and trusted in the Lord that he would be given an offspring that's as numerous as the stars in the skies, as numerous as the sand in the seashore. He was given a promise, but there was a problem. He had no children. And as he got older and was getting up there in years, his wife was beyond childbearing age. But God made a promise. Look what verse 19 says. It says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. Now listen, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins. That's what Good Friday is all about. But look what the last part of this verse says. And he was raised to life for our justification. 
we believe God and the resurrection is the fulfillment of a promise. On the cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus made a blood covenant. And a covenant is a promise. And the promise is that if we believe in him, we too will be raised to life. On the final day, we will be resurrected in new bodies, not suffering with cancer, not suffering with pain, not suffering with tumors, not suffering with sin, but raised to life to walk with Jesus forever. That's a great promise. And the resurrection of Jesus shows this. It's a promise as well as what we will be in the future ourselves. And it's vindication that the full payment for all of our sins on the cross was paid. How do we know it's vindication of that fact? Because Jesus paid everything. Death couldn't hold him down. If I go out today and I commit a crime and I make full payment or restitution of that crime, what does the prison system have to do? They have to let me go. How do we know our sins are completely paid for? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And so, the resurrection marks the promise as to what we will be in the future, but it also shows that our sins are fully paid for. Isn't that good news? Abraham's believing the promise of God meant trusting God for the future even though the odds were against him. When we believe God this way, we are credited with righteousness. When we hope against hope, when all the odds seem stacked against us, but we say, God, I'm going to trust you and what you promised, then he says, yes, that's righteousness. Not because we've done anything good, but because we're trusting in the God who's good. When we believe God this way, we're credited with righteousness. What has God given to us? Well, let's look at verse 25. It says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Justification. How many of us walk through life and think, when I get to heaven, hopefully no one here because you've been well taught, right? But you think, I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God how good I was. You know what that is? That's self-justification. Justification is another word for righteousness. What we want is for God's justifying word to come on our behalf. And we only receive that by faith through Christ and what he did on the cross. And so we receive a word when we get to heaven, not from our own mouth saying, look how good I was, but we say, God, I wasn't good and I'm sorry for my sins and I agree with you about my sins. And then what we have in return is a word from the Father in heaven who says, you are righteous, not because you say so, but because I say so. Isn't that better than us justifying ourselves? Amen. We lean on the blood of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at John eleven twenty one through 26. I'm going to pick up in a story where Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, had just died. His, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, were extremely distraught, and they wanted Jesus to come sooner, because had he come sooner, you know, he's a healer, he could have healed them. But no, Lazarus died. And Martha, his sister, was upset. Mary cried. Martha was upset. And look what Martha says to Jesus in verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So there's faith there. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, back in the day, the Jews believed in a resurrection, a general resurrection from the dead and the last day, right? 
So do we today as well. We carry that belief on today. Martha answered, I know you will rise again, or he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. Like, yeah, of course, we're all going to rise from the dead. In verse 25, Jesus says something very interesting that we need to pay attention to, especially today. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Very interesting words to say. Well, we know from later on in the story that this was the event that helped to spark into motion the Palm Sunday and eventually this Holy Week that we've been celebrating. So what happens is he raises Lazarus from the dead. Word starts getting around. He goes into Jerusalem. There's a triumphal entry. They think the Messiah is here. And then what happens a week later? Here we are. There's Good Friday where Jesus dies for our sins. And then and here we are on Easter Sunday. Do you believe this? That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is your hope, that means. So we look forward to the general day of resurrection. If you want to be raised to eternal life, who do you have to look to if you believe in the resurrection? You have to look to Jesus. He is your resurrection as well. I want to ask a question. What does it mean to believe in the gospel? It means that you trust the promise of God, that he has secured eternal life and a resurrection for you by his blood. And it means that you show your belief by the way that you live here now. How do I know that you believe in Jesus? Well, first you say you believe, good, and you do that in your heart. That's the first step. But by believing, what do we have to do according to James? We have to show it, right? And how do we show it? According to Titus chapter 2, verse 11, Paul goes on to say in, in another passage, in another book, he says that the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. And so that's what we proclaim in Jesus Christ. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for our blessed hope, our resurrection. Who's our resurrection? Jesus Christ. So while we wait for our blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people of his very own, eager to do what is good. The mark of a believer is a changed heart. A changed heart leads to good works. And the reason we're able to do good works is because not only do we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, but we also have a great hope that's better than anything we can get here. A genuine believer understands this. They've tasted and they've seen that God is better than anything they can get here. And so they say no to the pleasures of sin for a season, knowing that something better is always coming. And so we celebrate a resurrection and we look forward to the day when we're raised with God ourselves. Are you saying no to sin because you have a sure hope that something better is coming? If you knew God genuinely in your heart, you would know that he's the better choice. And so that means the gospel also requires conversion. Why? Because our hearts are too hard to come to him on our own. And so the spirit must first do a work of drawing and then we do the believing and then he does the regenerating. Are you saying no to sin? If you knew God, you would. He tastes so much better than sin. 
And so he calls us in grace to repent and believe. We celebrate the resurrection because God can raise the dead in us to say no to sin and yes to him and to guarantee something better than what we can get in this life on this earth. So many people store up treasures here and this is their heaven and all the reward is what they have stored up for themselves here. But Jesus calls us to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, to look forward, not back. We look like Paul. We press on to receive the prize to which God has called us heavenward. Because the gospel shows us how to live and that living that way is so much better than anything we can get here, and that those who believe in him taste and see that God is good, we need to live this way on this earth. I got a question. Do you believe the gospel? If you believe the gospel, it will show. You aren't saved by works, but you are saved to work. You're saved by faith alone, but you're not saved by faith that is alone, according to Martin Luther. That's what he would say. Easter brings hope, and we show the hope by the way we live. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And you don't take your light and hide it under the bushel, right? You don't put it under a bowl, but you let it be known so that everyone can see it. You don't take your salt and lose the saltiness, right? Or else there's nothing useful to it. Why are you still here? Not just so you can have a free ticket to heaven. If that was the case, you'd be in heaven right now. But so you can show other people what a transformed life looks like and you could bring hope, the hope of eternal life. People need you more than you think. You will be the only Bible that some people ever read. Are you a good testimony? So that's my Easter message for you this morning. And I'm going to close out in a word of prayer. And I am going to give a general invitation. Since I know most of you here, this is what I'm going to say. If you don't know the Lord and you want to get to know him, come talk to me afterwards. But since I do know a lot of you, I want to close this out in a word of prayer. But I want us to think about that. Are we living in a manner that is worthy of the gospel, that is showing people that we have this hope of a resurrection life? Are we living this way? Are we living like Jesus has asked us to? And I think that when we live that way, and some of you are, it becomes a powerful testimony, a city on the hill. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be good representatives of you, to be Christians, to be little Christs that are like you, Lord, to show you to others, to die to ourselves daily, to look to you, to know that you are better than anything on this earth and to prove it in our actions, Lord. Thank you for raising us to life. You are the resurrection and the life, and we believe in you, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Did this message draw you closer to God, or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.